the Bushy and Bobo Show, a healthy scratch podcast. Here's your hosts, Kyle Bush and Brian Rager. Welcome back to episode 27 of the Bushy and Bobo Show. Bushy flying solo today. Uh, me and Bobo are going to do another episode. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. This one, obviously, being in the Red Wings dressing room again, wearing my Red Wings jersey. This is a Detroit Red Wings episode. And I wanted to do this because it's been a while since I've done just a regular YouTube video on the Red Wings. And there's a lot to talk about in terms of how the season went and, and what we should expect going forward. So if it was with just me and Bobo, he'd just be listening. So let's just do it this way. Um, the biggest news that just dropped in the last week is Jeff, Jeff Blashill. He gone. He gone. And you know what? So is Doug Huda and Jeff Slacko. So they were the defensive coach and the goalie coach. And honestly, long time coming. We talked about this in a, in a podcast a couple times ago, a couple episodes ago, I'd say. And I, I kind of wanted Blashill gone with like 11 games left in the season. I wanted him gone a long time ago and he's gone. And uh, we're going to move on and see who are they going to bring in? I have no idea. And looking at people with speculation, it's kind of something where like, as a fan now, I go, what, what do we actually know? Not a whole lot. You're going to just read some names. You're going to read the tired lists of, the likes of John Tortorella and Joel Quenville and the, the, the list of recycled coaches that the NHL just can't move on from. I don't think Iserman's going to do that. If I had to guess, it's going to be someone probably that he's been watching for a while. Um, I don't know the guy, but I, from what we've been seeing, he does things very calculatively and, and he's probably been looking at a head coach for a while. He's being very coy. You know, like I'm going to try and break down just a little bit of his press conference at the end of the year, it wasn't just about Blashill, it was about the team in general. And there was a lot of things that I thought I found interesting, but there, there are some, some coaches out there that you keep hearing about Lane Lambert, who used to play with uh, Iserman and he's an assistant with the Islanders right now. I think, um, you know, Rickard Gronberg, you know, he coaches Zurich. He's a Swedish guy, you know, the, the beard and the slick bad. There's a clip on there where he's freaking out. I showed Brian that last episode. And uh, Roger Ronberg from Frolanda. And, uh, you know, there's some NCAA coaches. There, there's going to be somebody that comes in. That, the only, I think the only one that they kept on the staff was Alex Tangay. And then there was another uh, coach that I'm, I've never heard of. But basically, Iserman's guys are still there. But it, it was time. Uh, Blashill's been here since, I think, 2015. And, I mean, they, they haven't got better. And Iserman said a lot of that was personnel. The funniest thing that Eisman said during the press conference was like halfway through, he realized, wait, I should probably say something about Jeff Blashill. So he goes, you know, I want to say that Jeff Blashill is a good coach. And under the circumstance, he goes, pardon my expression, but he made sure that this wasn't a complete shit show. Now, I <laughs> I listened to that and I laughed because I went shit. This was, this was a shit show. In my opinion, I mean, 11 to two loss, nine to one, like just in insanity. Right. I think he was saying in terms of handling the media, which I think the media in Detroit is, they don't ask really that hard questions where it's not really that hard hitting. It's pretty easy to answer. And you're going to get the same stuff from a head coach. Anyway. Um, a lot of these 
coach and player interviews. I don't think they really do a whole lot. I don't even know why they still do them. You know what the answer is going to be. They're not going to tell you anything of note. And if it is, then it's always controversial. So um, with Blashill being gone, I think, um, I, and I don't even know when they're going to name another coach. I mean, Iserman even said like, he's like, well, before training camp, and well, that's in September. So he's going to take his time. He'll do his due diligence. I'm sure whoever he gets will be the right guy. We did talk about how his only two hires as, you know, an NHL GM has been Guy Boucher and John Cooper in Tampa Bay. And both of them didn't have NHL experience. So I think he is going to obviously not limit himself to, you know, a certain region. He said he's not going to limit himself to, you know, different experience levels. He was talking about how, you know, the Detroit's defense was so porous this year. He said they, you know, regressed, <laughs> you know, see hearing the word regressed from your GM is, is right onto the coach. I mean, he, you know, Eisen's putting these players in thinking, okay, this is going to help us get better. When in fact they got worse, he said individually defensively and as a team defensively, they did get worse. And obviously with some of these losses that I just mentioned, yeah, they got worse. Uh, and, and this was a season where I thought they'd pivot. And I think a lot of people think when, when I say I expected a little bit more, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs. I mean, look at this conference is insane. The East, everybody was over hundred points. That's in the playoffs. I expected them to compete. They did in some games, especially in the first half of the season, Iserman did say they had a really tough schedule into the second half doesn't excuse the effort level. And I think that's something where I don't think he really mentioned that, but that was a big part of it is the team kind of quitting. And now, yeah, the, the coach is gone, but at the same time, he said, there will be changes. The player the personnel, there will be changes because there has to be, there, there has to be right. If uh, you got to earn your job and, and some of these guys didn't look like they were too interested and we'll go through some of the statistics, the players, the team and, and, and break it down a little bit and, and see who did get better, who did regress and, who might benefit from a new voice in the dressing room? Because there are some players that I think, you know, needed that. Um, looking at the team, um, they, they finished 22nd, well, league rank 22nd. Um, they're probably going to have like, I think it's like the eighth or ninth best odds in the draft lottery. And we know how that goes if we're Red Wings fans. It doesn't really go that well. But you never know. They're going to get a good player. It's, it's a top 10 pick. Their goals for, they were 24th. Um, you know, not scoring that much, right? I mean, goals against 29th, uh, that, that's not good. Goals for a percentage, 30th. Power play, they're right in the middle, 15%, which is surprising to me. Um, their finishing was 22, um, you know, goaltending lower. I mean, they, they were in the bottom third and almost bottom 10, uh, bottom five in a lot of things. So they have a lot of, of improving to do. Now, looking at their goals for, uh, and goals against per 60, they actually did get, uh, they, they scored more, but they got scored on more as well. So uh, compared to last year, but the, the goals for is going up. The goals against this year was really bad. I think it has to do with some of the, the, the defense. Um, obviously like Nedeljkovic um, had his moments. He had some good games, but he also had some stinkers. Uh, Thomas Grice was horrendous this year and he'll be gone. So there's going to be changeover in that. Uh, obviously on defense and, and then up front too. So just looking, you know, obviously looking at the, um, the team stats, it just kind of shows you a quick shot of, you know, these guys just aren't where they, they should be. They, they have to be better next year. If we want to look at, um, let's look at the, the player stats. 
we'll check that out real quick. Okay. So, you know, the usual suspects at the top. So, you know, we have Dylan Larkin, 69 points in 71 games. He was basically a point per game player. And that's what you want from Larkin. I have a video that's, you know, should the Red Wings trade Larkin? This is the beginning of the season. And what I said in that video, if you, you know, didn't just look at the title was, you know, if he had a really good season this year and he had a bounce back season, obviously you keep him. He's your captain. He had a bounce back season, 31 goals, 38 assists. I mean, minus 18, everyone was minus on this team. I'm not even going to go through that, but um, he did have a, a very good year. You're keeping him. And he said he wants to get an extension. He wants to get locked up here. So I'm, I'm going to assume, you know, maybe uh, towards the end of the summer, you, you can get, you know, like an eight year deal done with him. And people will go, well, why would you do eight years? Well, he, because he's your guy, <laughs> you know, you're not going to give him a three year deal. He's going to go, well, I don't want that. You want to, you're either here or you're not. And I think that's something where, you know, you commit to him, you give him seven and a half a year is what I think he'll get. And you give him eight years and he's your captain for a long time. Tyler Bertuzzi, 30 goals. I think he got it in the last game, the empty netter. I mean, the team obviously was very pumped for him. So everybody's shitting all over the kid that's saying, he's not a team guy, the COVID the vaccines. Shut up. Honestly, you can tell the guys like, they, they love the guy. And he's a good player. He's feisty. Um, you know, on, on a team where you're getting scored on a lot of minus 11 isn't bad. And, uh, you know, 68 games, he played basically the same amount as, as Larkin, played together basically the whole season. And he's a guy that... I would keep obviously keep him around and Iserman has said he's wanting to lock up Larkin and Bertuzzi to deals. Could I see Bertuzzi being traded? We talked about it at the deadline. Yeah, I could because he's got worth, <laughs> but I, I don't know if I would trade him unless someone blows you out of the water and you get this amazing deal. Lucas Raymond, rookie season, 23 goals, 34 assists for 57 points, played every single game, and so did Mo Sider. Those are the the two, other than uh, Pew Suter played every game as well. Those are the three. And uh I mean, Sider with 50 points as a rookie defenseman. I mean, he's going to win the Calder. We know that's going to happen. If he doesn't, I don't know what people are looking at. Um, but obviously, Raymond Sider, I mean, I've got my, my Raymond jersey on here. If you can see that, boop, there it is. Um, we have a good future with these two guys. Uh, well, really, with our top four. Those guys are the pieces that won't move. They will be here. When we get into the Philipronics of the world, he had 38 points quietly. Like, like I didn't think he had a good season. I really didn't. I mean, he turnover machine and I, 38 points is great, but he's not that top pair guy that maybe we thought he was going to be. Now, if you have cider on your top pair, um, not that they would do exactly these pairings, but Simon Edvinson's coming over. He signed his entry level. He's probably making the team. I mean, we looked at cider. I mean, Edvinson's not that much different style wise they are but in terms of he's going to come over and immediately be your second best defenseman he's going to be like i have no doubt in my mind he's coming in he's earning a spot on this team because it there's not a lot of competition i mean he's going to be here they need players so if you have cider and, and evanson as your one two you know can phil Hronik be uh like a solid number three i think so on a playoff team i think he's a four so i think you need to find someone else um to balance that out Hugh Suter, honestly, was was a very, very good uh, pickup in the offseason by, by Iserman at 15 goals, 36 points. I think that's something where, is he a second-line center? Uh, he did he did well in that role. Again, on a playoff team, I think he's a third-line center, and that's fine. That's where I think he would slot in and be really, really effective. 
and quietly, Sam Gagne, had, he was like seventh in team in points. That's insane. I mean, at fourth line minutes, 13 goals, 18 assists. I like seven of those goals are empty netters, let's be honest. Um, but minus four, that's actually not like, are you kidding? On the fourth line on Detroit and you did that? You know, he was a, a solid penalty killer. Uh, I think they threw an A on his jersey the last game of the season. I could see Sam Gagne coming back in the same role that we ha- we had him this year. You know, that wouldn't bother me. That'd be the one guy, the older guy that I would bring back because he's not going to cost you that much. And uh, I, I think you do need guys like that in the locker room. Robbie Fabry got hurt. I mean, he had uh, he had 17 goals. He only played 56 games, 30 points. He's signed to an extension, so he's here for a few more years. And we'll go through the contract situation after we look at some of these these points. But um, obviously, you know, when he got hurt, he, he kind of a streaky player. I, I think he, you know, he would uh, he'd get a couple of goals here and there, get some points, and then you wouldn't see him for a few uh, a few games. The one guy that I was actually really impressed with at the, the second half of the season, I wish I had like split stats, was Michael Rasmussen. Now this this guy actually, I thought get rid of him because beginning of the year he was he looked like Bambi out there. I mean, for a six foot five or six foot four, however big he is. He played like he was my height, like five, eight, like he was getting pushed around a guy like that. A ninth overall pick you want him. And especially that big, you want him to use his body uses and he has hands. He knows how to score. He tore it up in junior. I think what kind of messed him up at the beginning was he had to be on the Red Wings or he had to go back to, I think it was tri city in, in the WHL. But um, there was that rule where you can't, couldn't go to the AHL. I think, a year in Grand Rapids that year would have benefited him greatly, but he bounced back this season. And I mean, he, he was a different player in the second half. And I know that's when the wings weren't that good, but he was one of the driving forces, <laughs> you know, whenever you you'd see the play being like, I Rasmussen played really well. Flip side, Philip Zadina. This is the one guy that a, a coaching change. I, I hope a coaching change helps him. I'm not totally given up on him yet, uh, but like 74 games and 10 goals as a sixth overall pick, that's not good. I mean, that's, you're, you're looking at almost like bust level pick right here because you need more from Philip Zadina. And now like, did he get opportunities when he did on the top line, he did produce, but he is a player that when I watch him, he doesn't produce himself. So it, and what I mean by that is you look at Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, Lucas Raymond cider, all the top players, they make plays. They're the ones that are, are, you know, they can score by themselves if they need to. Philip Zadina looks like a player that is a little more perimeter that's needs to play with someone good to produce. And I think, you know, with the right players and we'll get to Verana, but with the right players, I think he could thrive, but I, I was hoping that he would be a player that would be able to create more uh, by himself. Now, maybe, he was handcuffed by Jeff Blashill's system. Um, I think he was in the doghouse a few times, you know, for whatever reason. But I think a new coach for, for Zadina will help him. And if it doesn't, it it's probably time to move on, which sucks because I thought he was, you know, going to be a, a top six player for us. But he still has time. He's still young. I mean, Jacob Rana was out for basically the whole season. He played 26 games at that shoulder surgery last offseason and 13 goals. He was goal every other game. And he's a bonafide top six winger and you keep him around for sure. Again, it's, it's, I think anybody on this team can get traded other than your top, like four players there. But, you know, Verana, if, if the, the price, you know, was right, then, I, you know, I would move him too, but this guy can score. I mean, next year, I mean, could he get 
I, he's going to bag 30, I would think. Um, could he get 40? Maybe he could. I, really. I mean, he's, again, a younger guy, too. Adam Ernie, I have no idea why he's still on this team. I, I don't know what he brings. A lot of people are creaming their jockeys over Adam Ernie. <laughs> I mean, he is a replacement-level player. I remember seeing on Twitter there was this guy that was just going to bat for him. Like, I did. it might have been his dad, honestly. Like, I don't know, because I don't understand why, like, he was still in the lineup. He was just not effective at all this year. People are like, well, he scored last year. Yeah, his shooting percentage was like off the charts. He was going to come crashing down, and he did this year. Um, you don't want a minus 22 on your fourth line. Yeah, just how it is. Mark Stahl, um, who I thought would be my whipping boy, played really well. And again, another guy where I, I weirdly wouldn't mind if they bring him back for another year because when we go through the contracts, you're going to see – there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of options, and for a steady like minus one, he like he led the team in plus minus, like that's that's something as a 35 year old, you know, good for Mark Stahl, like it, where we thought maybe the game had kind of passed them by, you know, being physical. But I would bring him back. Uh, Gustav Lindstrom was was quietly like okay, he was pretty average, um, which is is something going forward. Maybe he is a bottom six you know, the bottom pair defenseman, and he's just quietly does his thing. I'm fine with that. Danny, the Kaiser, he's gone. He's going to get shot out of a cannon. We're, you know, looking down into the depths here, but Oscar Sundquist and his limited time with the wings after that trade from St. Louis, Louis, you know, he played well, you know, as a big body um, skating probably needs some work, but um, as for a big guy, I mean, you know, four goals, four assists, you know, on that third line, um, you could fill that role and he's going to be back next year too. You know, getting into some of the, uh, the, the lower ones here. I mean, we can do that when we get into the contracts, I guess, but uh, let's actually look at that right now. Actually, first of all, goalies, here we go. Alex Nadelkovich, 3.31 goals against average um, save percentage, 901. I mean, 901 is not bad. Um, it's not great, but it's okay. Four shutouts on the season. So I said he had an up and down season. Uh, he played 59 of the games. So he, he had a lot of work. Uh, Thomas Grice was just just not good at all. 366 with an 891 save percentage. He's going to be gone after this season. Um, and again, Magnus Helberg. Okay, I I got in a couple Twitter scraps where I just I don't understand what people really were expecting with with Magnus Helberg. Like he won his game. He played the last game of the season and beat the Devils, and he played well. Uh, I'll give him that. But he's a 32 year old. Um, with five, now five games of NHL experience and people were losing their mind. Start Hilberg, start him. Like, like he's the next coming of Dominic Hasek. I'm like, guys, like this, he's probably not coming back. Like, I think it's one of those things where they kind of brought him in and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Like, could he be the backup next year? Yeah, he could, but I'm assuming there's a lot better options out there that you can go for like a Braden Holtby or something. I'd rather have Braden Holtby over Magnus Hilberg. Are you kidding me? Like, so I, I, I didn't understand it. I really didn't understand. People were just like, we should start Halberg. Yeah. But they were talking about starting him against Toronto. You want him to get lit up? I mean, go for it. I mean, it's not going to look too good. Um, cap space draft picks this year. I mean, first round pick two seconds, a third, three fourths, a fifth, and then two sevenths. So a lot of draft picks this year. And hopefully we, we hit on a lot of those too. Um, now, looking at this this situation for a long time, even the last few years, wasn't a lot of guys with terms. So, like, you're looking at your top, like, nine forwards are, are signed. And 
there, there's not a whole lot to do here. I mean, Lark and Vrana, Bertuzzi, Suter, uh, Sunfist. I'm not even going to say Adam Ernie. He's still here, but uh, Rasmussen and Lucas Raymond, they all have deals. Zadina's an RFA. He's going to get signed to a bridge deal and probably only make a couple million. I mean, probably not even because, you know, look at uh, Rasmussen, like 1.46. That's really nothing. It's a great deal for, for Michael Rasmussen. And so Zadina is going to get signed. I could see Sam Gagne coming back for a year, probably around the same amount. Um, you know, Giovanni Smith, he's still here too. I don't think he's really, he's just going to be in an in and out of the lineup type player. Uh, Mitch Stevens, RFA, he'll be back. Uh, he was hurt a lot this season, but I think he will be kind of a, a really good on the fourth line. Uh, there are some injured players we'll go through too. Danny DeKaiser, he's done. I mean, you're going to save 5 million in the cap. Philip Ronick has another couple of years. Uh, Mark Stoll, like I said, I think might be coming back. Osterley um, coming back next year at 1.3. He was a, he was a scratch a lot. And uh, I, I liked his game at times. I mean, there was times where he was actually like on the second power play unit. I like how he moves the puck. So I'm kind of wondering again, new coach, uh, maybe he'll get, you know, uh, he'll get used a little bit more cider still on his rookie deal. Uh, same with Lindstrom. Ole Levy was picked up off waivers, never really got it like a fair shake. I don't think. Um, so I don't, I don't think he'll get, uh, I don't think he'll get tendered an offer. Jake Wallman weirdly is technically was a rookie this year, apparently um, because of his games and stuff. I mean, old man bunting status for Jake Wallman, but he played really well uh, in, in terms of like getting rid of Nick Letty getting Wallman Sunquist and a second was a steal of a, of a trade. Any trade. If, if uh, I think it's, it's a Doug Armstrong is the St. Louis GM. Anytime that he gets a trade off or a phone call from Steve Eisman, I would just hang up because you're getting fleeced because first it was the Fabry for De La Rose deal. De La Rose is like in Sweden now. And then this Letty trade. Um, I mean, Jake Wallman's getting re-signed. I think he's in your top four. And uh, so, and then in goal, like we said, Grice is gone. Helberg is a UFA. I don't know if you bring him back. And then Nadalkovich has another season at 3 million. It's a good deal. Um, and then some of the, the injuries, like I said, Robbie Fabry uh, got re-signed 4 million for the next three. Uh, I think Carter Rowney's probably gone, um, you know, played sparingly, but, you know, he's pretty replaceable. Um, into some of the, uh, well, I was saying on roster, but Joe Valeno was on the roster. I think they just technically like sent him down at the end of the season. Might be just a, uh, a cash thing. Um, he's back next year again, very affordable deal. I think you're going to see Jonathan, Jonathan Bergen actually make the team uh, as a forward. That would be kind of nice to see. Uh, I mean, really everybody else on the list is pretty, again, replacement level. Um, you know, looking at uh, that cross Hannes at the bottom here. He signed his entry level deal. He had a good season in the NCAA, or it wasn't NCAA. I think he's in the WHL. Uh, and then in defense here, uh, Vero Sobrango played. They both played in the World Juniors, and they probably will again in August when they redo it. Um, Albert Johansson, I think, is another player that could maybe you know compete for a spot. He's 21 years old. It's not like he's 19. He had a really good season in the SHL in Sweden. Uh, Jared McIsaac, I feel like I've been talking about him for like, 12 years but he's only 22 <laughs> just had a lot of injuries so another guy that can maybe make the jump and then obviously Edvinson uh I think he'll be there as well and then in goal I mean uh Sebastian Koss had a good season WHL he signed his entry-level deal uh, I mean really every other goalie I don't think is ever gonna uh make it up to the Red Wings so not really worth talking about so all in all I mean th there's gonna be some changes and you know, the needs, what do I think the needs are? Obviously, backup goaltender. 
Uh, you definitely need some depth on defense because if you're going to rock with Cider, Edvinson, Hronik, Wallman, you know, Lindstrom, Stahl, you know, that's your six. I, you know, you want to maybe add someone to that mix so that, you know, that those, the bottom pair, you can kind of rotate through. Uh, I think uh, up front, you, you definitely want another, you want an elite center. I don't think you're going to get one this year. Uh, it, you two guys that I kind of was watching, they're in the same series right now. I know they're not. I lied. Um, is uh, Vinny Trocek um, from, I think, Hurricanes. He looks really good. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I, I, I wouldn't mind him coming in. He had a really good season two this season. Um, or even a guy like like Ryan Strom uh, on the Rangers. I could see, um, you know, maybe looking at him. Andrew Kopp is on the Rangers. I think he would be an effective uh, center to kind of back up Larkin and maybe kind of have Suter on that third line. Valeno could be the guy too. Like, he's still developing. He could be your second line center eventually. Uh, so it could come internal. I think they will make a signing. I mean, Iserman did say he's got a list a mile long. He's like, I don't know if I can get these guys, but you know, like I said, in goal, you know, a guy like Braden Holtby being a backup to Nadelkovich could be nice. Um, you know, again, Hellberg, I think you're kind of, uh, you, I think you don't just hand him the job. You need him to compete for it. Um, so that might be something where you go, Hey, you know, we're giving you uh, you know, a contract, but you gotta, you gotta earn it. Um, or it's a player tryout who knows. Cause he's UFA as well. Uh, so I think there's definitely some changes. Uh, I don't know. Trade market, you know, everybody talks about the draft and there's always going to be movement and there might be, I mean, Eisman plays things really close to the chest and we know that, you know, he says a lot of things without saying anything in a way. I really like it because he doesn't give you timetables. He doesn't tell you, Hey, this is what to expect. You don't have expectations. So you kind of just let him do his thing. And when results happen, results happen. But next season, what do I expect? I expect them to be a lot better than this year. Obviously, you know, you this rebuild, I, I say it's almost like when you jump into the pool and you jump in, you're sinking to the bottom, right? And then eventually your feet touch. For a long time, the Red Wings were sinking. And I think last year was when their feet touched the bottom. And this year was where I expected them to push off and come back up to the surface a little bit. That push off is happening, but I think their toes are still on the bottom of the pool. If that makes any sense, to anyone out there but that's where I, I i thought that maybe their toes would be off the floor already you know that they'd be a little bit more on their way up so so next year maybe they're you know they're they're halfway up but if we're going to go with that analogy if things don't go well next year it's almost like hey uh you're losing air uh you need to get to the top quicker but i don't think eiserman's one to panic he did say in his press conference that Anytime he's made or forced a, a trade or a free agent signing, he's regretted it. So I think it's something where he'll have to just kind of sit back and wait. And if it's a fit, if it's a fit, if not, it's not. And I know that sounds frustrating, but to me, I think it's probably the best way to do it because there's a hundreds of examples of different teams that make these deals and signings where you might go, what are they doing? And it doesn't work out. And I think Eisenman having the luxury of time, of, of all of us being fans of him as a player and now as a GM because he's successful works in his favor because he does have a lot more time than if, uh, you know, Joe blow came in here, you know, we would probably already be kind of a little bit like, Hey, like, where are we going here? But you're already seeing like only a couple of his draft picks have started playing cider and Raymond really the only ones that he's drafted that are playing now. Now Edvinson coming in, you know, I mean, you have young guys that are going to maybe Ken Holland, uh, you know, 
stayovers like Berggren, I think was drafted by him. So was Joe. I think Johansson was too, if I'm not mistaken, but um, you're going to have to be patient. I'm going to have to be patient. I'm still wearing the Jersey. There it is. That's the new one. See, look at the, look at the uh, kind of pops there. I don't know if you can see that, but kind of interesting. This is next year's Jersey that we were talking about last time, but changes are going to be made. And I know I'm kind of saying the same thing over and over, but there's no definitive answer and people can go and look and go, Oh, here's a list of guys that I think they should go for. And there's going to be a lot of unrealistic ones. I mean, fans, you know, can be, uh, can fly off the handle a little bit. Just go look at the, uh, the trade machine on cap friendly. You'll laugh. Cause there's some that are just insane. Where <laughs> I go, there's no shot of that happening. I don't see a big, huge trade happening where they, they pick somebody up where you're not expecting, but again, it's Eiserman. So you never know. I mean, he's done things where, you know, blows you out of the water and, and it all works out. So going forward, I think the Red Wings uh, didn't have the season that I thought they were going to. They played some exciting hockey at the beginning. They, they petered out at the end. The effort level wasn't there. Coaching change was needed. It happened. It's the last thing that they haven't really tried yet. You know, the players and personnel, you know, have been moved around. The coaches really haven't. So I'm excited to see who they bring in. What I will say is if it's someone that you don't know who it is, don't panic because guess who does know who it is? Steve Eiserman and his staff. Okay. So if it's someone that, you know, it's NCAA guy, you know, that you don't know, he's going to be the right one for the job and you have to trust your GM. Right. And I mean, the, the armchair GMs that want, uh, you know, John Tortorella, do you really think he's the coach to come in here and help Philip Zadina? No, there's, it's not going to happen. He's the one that doesn't like the Zegers goal. You know what I mean? So Till next time, you know, they said me and Bobo, we're going to talk about a lot of things happening in the NHL leading up into the playoffs. Now we are in the first round of the playoffs. So um, until next time, go Red Wings. We hopefully we see some changes, some big ones, some good ones. Until next time, talk to you later.